What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. That's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome DC Crossover followers. It is Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Again, another special edition. It feels like special editions are all we do nowadays, but that's what everyone wants and that's what we like to do to focus on certain things other than the complete podcast, which again, you can check out episode 24 right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Google Play Music and even check it out on dccrossover.com. But this episode right Around the corner is opening day of the Washington Nationals. This is our season preview of 2019. Ben, let's hit it. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive. call of Mr. Charlie Slows on the radio for one and all as that was a fantastic ball game back in the day. Jason Wirth hitting that walk-off home run against the Cardinals. Obviously, we eventually lost that series, but that's one of the memories we will never forget, is it, Mr. Simpson? No, I mean, I, I got to go to that playoff series. Unfortunately, I saw the, one of the losses, Edwin Jackson loss. Uh, would have loved to be there for the Wirth home run. No doubt about it. Obviously, 2019 is right around the corner, and we are more pumped than ever. As again, go check out our interview with Miss Jessica Town. Uh, obviously, on Twitter at Run This Town, Town with an E at the end, 13 as well. And also, she is the host of the Madness podcast. Go check her out and all her Philly takes and all that kind of stuff. We obviously had a great interview with her 
uh, not too long ago uh, right here on the DC crossover. And a good interview, very professional. She knows her stuff, and we'll have her on throughout the season. But definitely, Ben, that was a great interview. But now we're going to be talking about our Washington Nationals rather than the Phillies, as we talked about with her. So overall, the 2019 Washington Nationals, I mean, hey, a bunch of projections on the docket uh, and all, all around the Internet right now have the Nats uh, being the lead favorite and also have the Phillies being the lead favorite, kind of like a 50-50 split overall. But right now the Washington Nationals, at least on rotochamp.com, who actually take out a composite of the projected standings between baseball perspective, uh, pro- prospectus, that sounds like a Greek word or something like <laughs> that, uh, Davenport and Fangraphs takes out the projected standings for all three of those and puts together uh, their projected standings for the 2019 season. Right now, the Washington Nationals stand at 89 and 73, uh, first place in the NL East, I should say, and the Phillies at 87 and 75. And then after that, as we talked about with Jessica, 86 and 76 for the Mets, which makes zero sense with their injury-plagued history. And uh, the Braves, the defending champs in the NL East, 83 and 79, and the Miami Marlins are a dumpster fire. So really, when you're looking at this team, obviously we're going to soon get into our over-under game here we will do uh, soon. But overall, what are you thinking about those projections right now before a little bit later when we get to our own projections? Yeah, I mean, obviously... Uh, because these teams are so good in the division, they're going to be beating up on each other. That's why you're not seeing one team projected to get like 100 wins or 98 wins or things like that. That's why it may be around 89 or 90 that wins the division. Um, So, I mean, again, uh, besides the Mets, I think think that it is going to come down to the Nats and Braves. A lot of – or Nats and Phillies, rather. A lot of people are obviously high on the Braves because of what they were able to do last year. Uh, But I just don't – Think, I mean, keep in mind this. The Braves didn't really necessarily do a lot this offseason to get better. They're kind of relying on the fact that, hey, our young guys can redo what they did last year. But also keep in mind, last year the Nats weren't very good. So, yes, the Braves were able to do what they did, but they weren't going against the 2019 Nats that are a lot different and a lot more powerful, hopefully. Um, So I think it will be a two-team race. I think it will be Nats and Phillies. I think the Braves will definitely be an annoyance um, this season, and I think they uh, they have potential. But Mets and Marlins are are garbage. That's how I look at Freddie Freeman. I think he's like an annoyance. Because Freddie Freeman comes into these games and the Nats will be up, you know, three to two or something of that nature. And then all of a sudden Freddie Freeman comes up there. And I think he's one of the guys in the entire league, mainly because we see him a lot. But he's one of the guys in the NL East, at least, that I look at. And whenever he comes up to bat, I'm always a little worried. Because oh, he yeah, has, he's he has, really good. He has that type of swing, that type of swagger at the plate, whatever it may be, that he, you know he's going to do something with the ball. Either he's going to hit, you know, a nice little, you know, trot to second base double in the gap or whatever it may be, or even get a home run, even a solo home run or something like that that might screw us over or do something in that, that game specifically. But I think that the Braves at 83 and 79, I think that's a little too low. Um, yeah. You know, they got some good prospects and a lot of good players, as I said, like I said, uh, Freddie Freeman. And uh, if they m- might sign Craig Krimble back, uh, you never know. Um, but overall, the Mets, like I said before, I think they're projected too high, which obviously is going to skew these these projections a little bit mm-hmm. because of the sole fact that if the Mets go lower, that usually means it'll spread around the three teams that are higher yeah. than the Mets. I think the Mets and the Braves will switch spots from where they are yeah. right now. Um, so I think it will come down to Nats, Phillies, and Braves. But I do think it will be Nats and Phillies. But 
I mean, if, if we're looking at the division as a whole, like we talked about with Jessica in that interview, is this, yeah. is, this is one of the most intriguing divisions in baseball. I mean, obviously people are really high on the AL East because of the Yankees-Red Sox. Um, but again, you look at those other teams in that division that just aren't very good. Um, so I, I, think, I think this will be the race to watch because there is not one clear-cut favorite. Uh, we would like to think the Nats are the favorite, but the Phillies, again, have a pretty darn good uh, looking team. But yeah. as far as what we're looking at, Mike, here heading into you know the beginning of the season and opening day, let's talk a little bit about you know what things you're excited for about the Washington Nationals and this bright new season. I mean, there's, it seems like there's a lot of different names and guys that we're you know, excited to see. I mean, for me, what sticks out is a yet again another season of Max Scherzer. Yeah. And, and, and again, he is one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best, uh, especially with Clayton Kershaw having not a great past couple of years. Um, it used to be Clayton Kershaw. Now I think Max Scherzer is the best pitcher in baseball. So getting to see him, you know, every fifth game or every fourth game, however the Nets rotation is going to shake out, um, is is just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's just a blessing to have him on the team. So that's that's one of the guys that I know I, in particular, am looking for him possibly chasing. Could he win three Cy Youngs in a row? I mean, you never know. I mean, he's on pace to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And going into, uh, again, just like you said, one of the, the the best things that and it just came to my attention too because that's the first time I actually saw a projected starting lineup, uh, batting order especially. I just found one on RotoChamp, and uh, right now the projected lineup is Adam Eaton first, Trey Turner second, Rendon third, Soto fourth, Dozier fifth, Zimmerman sixth, Jan Gomes seventh, and also interchange Kurt Suzuki in there as well. Sure. And Victor Robles batting eighth. Obviously, we mentioned about it in our outfield preview that you might see him bat ninth and do that little. Uh, a roundabout thing where they have Robles, Eaton, and Turner uh, when the lineup turns over. But overall, that's the thing I'm most excited about is just even right now, just looking at the lineup because it's a whole new type of ball game when it comes down to this lineup compared to what we've had in the past. We had the big bopper and Bryce Harper. Uh, then we had Matt Adams or Ryan Zimmerman behind him or whatever it may be, and they always try to uh, try to get that one big home run or whatever to get their – their, their runs, kind of like a, an, an O's team uh, a few years ago where they had Mark Trumbo and, and Chris Davis and, and Adam Jones and all those kind of guys where they looked for the home run. Remember that remember that year they won or they made it to the wild card? That was like the year the O's uh, only, you know, basically cashed in on home runs that they couldn't do anything else except hit oh, home yeah. runs. Yep. Um, but the, the, the Nats obviously could do a little bit more than that. Uh, but that's what their game plan was. They tried to always go for the home runs with Harper and Zimmerman and all those kind of guys. But my big thing that, you know, and me and you have coached uh, Little League together and Babe Ruth Leagues together, and uh, and I, th- I think, I don't know if I've imprinted this in your brain yet, because I like to talk a lot, obviously, as you know, and uh, basically, I like small ball, I like station-to-station baseball the best, because of the sole fact that you can use almost any type of player in a lineup like that that can hit the baseball. Because when, you, when you're looking more so as, like I said, a Bryce Harper or something like that, those guys don't come around that often. Because when you see Anthony Rendon, he's a station-to-station average hitter, like a, a batting average hitter. He doesn't hit for power all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you have a guy like that where you can find him more often than not, uh, then that's going to be a big positive to your ball club. And that's what I look at is the most exciting thing that I'm looking at is the lineup that I just found on rotochamp.com uh, because of the sole fact that you look at that lineup and you're like, this, this team could do a lot of big things with the bat. Yeah, they're very balanced. Um, a lot of different areas they do well. I mean, there's the speed. You definitely know that there's a couple power guys there, um, and then there's hit a lot of hit for average guys. Uh, so I, I think 
I think the Nats just have a very balanced look. You're not going to have a Matt Wieters batting, you know, 200 or 190 this year. You're going to have guys like Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki step yeah. into there. You've got, you know, hopefully some healthy seasons from from all of these infield positions. And then, you know, hopefully the, the Nats won't let Ryan Zimmerman be the worst batter in this lineup. And hopefully they'll let Matt Adams get some more opportunities. But, I mean... As I mentioned, I'm excited for Scherzer. I'm also, on the pitching side, very excited for Patrick Corbin. I'll be seeing his first game of the season because I think this is a guy that you know stat geeks love because he's one of those guys that when you talk about things like spin rate and all these different statistics that um, your layman fan doesn't really pay attention to, but the stat geeks do, Patrick Corbin's one of those types of guys that he just lights up the stat boards as far as the way he's able to manipulate sliders and things like that and make it work for him um, coming off of a really great season. So I'm excited to see Patrick Corbin be like, you know, twice the pitcher that Gio Gonzalez was, you know, for the Nats as, as a lefty and, um, and really kind of help uh, establish that big one, two, three punch there uh, in that rotation. No doubt about it. And you're looking again, I'm going to keep referencing RotoChamp because they have actually the best projections I've seen so far uh, all the way through the lineups and everything like that. Going along with what you said about the starters, right now they have Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg, one, two, and three. Sanchez is four, and Helixson right now as number five. But overall, their projections for those top three guys, I mean, they're having double-digit wins and, you know, less than eight losses. Right now they have uh, Corbin as the one with the most losses at eight. So overall, if you're looking at that, that's pretty damn good. When you're looking at the whole entire starter and a projected lineup, it's honestly something that I can get excited for. But this is not going to be the regular team that usual Nats fans that follow them day in and day out see. Because, again, like I said before, this is going to be a Nats team that you go into the season and say, okay, this team is going to you know, go out there and hit home runs. This team's going to you know, get big fly balls and, and some nice highlight calls from Charlie Slows and Dave Jagger on the radio that you're going to see on YouTube later or whatever it may be. This is going to be a team where you see, oh, a nice double in the gap or oh, a nice stolen base by Trey Turner or whatever it may be, right, Ben? So that's yeah. the biggest thing I look at and that I'm more excited for is that they're going to start to play the type of game that I love more so than just the big bopper home runs like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire did year in and year out uh, in that one home run race uh, back in the day. But overall, this is going to be a fun team just to watch out for dining and night out because, again, like I said, like with Jessica, this is going to be a team where it's kind of like the, the hype is there like 2005 when they merged over to D.C. from Montreal because – this is not a situation where you sit there and say, oh, yeah, this team is going to be the regular team like always. It's going to be a different team with a lot of new faces. Yeah, and I think, again, the balance is going to be the key for them. Uh, but let's give our let's give a little projections here, some some of our projections. We're not uh, fan graphs. Yeah, we got a game here. We're not do. baseball prospectus. But you know what? We're, we're, we'll go ahead and kind of get into some of our game here. Yeah, let's talk about over-under. According to BaseballReference.com, Anthony Rendon right now, 285 average. Obviously, we'll clump some of these together and just say over under what we think of that nature. 285, 21 home runs, and 81 RBIs for Anthony Rendon over under that Mr. Simpson. Let's see. Um, or I can go first if you'd like me to. No, I, I think I'll go. I'll go over here for for Rendon. I, I'm going to say that this is going to be uh, you know an MVP type season for Rendon. I'm going to say he's going to bat over 300. Um, the home runs, I'm not sure. My my guess is he can probably get to about 25, and then RBIs, I'm going to say he's going to get around 90 or so. So I'll go over for all of those. Yeah, I think it's going to be over as well. I honestly started putting this down, and I was like, let me go and try to find some actual projections. And uh, this is the, these are the ones that I found. But I think he's going to hit somewhere in the middle between 280 and 300. I think he's going to get at least 25 RBIs, if not more. 
And then also, I think he might get around 100 to 105 RBIs, just for the sole fact that, I mean, you look at his stats throughout the season, and some of those has, have been him hitting seventh or hitting fifth or whatever it may be. So really, when you're looking at it, now when he hits third, more at-bats, more chances, I think he's going to go over in this one. Next up, Mr. Max Scherzer, your guy, Mr. Simpson, 14-7 and seven with a 2.87 ERA over-under. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get over 14 wins. I mean, I, I, I could see this being like a, a, a 18, 19 win type season for Max. Uh, the ERA, that's tough. Um, you know, you'd like it to be around 287 or under would be great. Yeah. Um, my guess is it will be right around you know three, which is still a stellar season. So I'm not going to necessarily go under for the ERA, but I'll definitely go over for the wins. Yeah, and then I also think that that's very low. I think... He, yeah. You know, he might have uh, some of those losses uh, that I mentioned in, in, in weeks past where he goes out there and he lets up pretty much nothing, uh, maybe like a run or something like that, and they lose one nothing or something of that nature. Sure. Um, so, honestly, I think his, his losses might be up near 10 or 9 or so because of how re- durable and reliable he is yeah, every five days, as you mentioned before. But I think he might get up near 17, 18, 19 wins uh, in, my, in, in my estimation. And ERA – I think he might be uh, between 2.5 and 2.75, and that's going to be my estimation. But who knows? Uh, I'm not an expert, but that's my fan perspective and a homer mentality. But (laughs) next up, the young gun, Juan Soto, 288 batting average, 18 bombs, and 61 RBIs. I'll start off with this one. I think he's going to go over. I think especially batting fourth and with Anthony Rendon, his average, uh, getting on base a lot more. I think, honestly, uh, his batting average, if he's going to be hitting 288, and Anthony Rendon's going to be hitting around 280 uh, to 290. I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity to get a lot more than 61 RBIs. Uh, but the 18 home runs, I think he's going to be at least in the 20s, if not more. So I think they're shortchanging him just a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking about 25 bombs and then got to be over 80 RBI for yeah. sure. Um, and as far as the average goes, and yeah, I, you'd love to see him around 300 or higher. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to get that. 288, I'd still be okay with that. Um, just as his sophomore season. Um, So I'll I'll probably go under with the... uh, Actually, I'll go over (laughs) for all three of these. I think he'll be right around 288, but he'll be a little bit higher. Um, I definitely think it will be uh, over 18 home runs and definitely over 61 RBI for sure. Now on to our projected standings, Ben. Again, we mentioned it before with Jessica and also uh, in our own sense that right now the projected standings 89 wins and 73 losses winning the NL East Ben what do you got for this one so 89 wins i mean i think it's pretty close to this mark i'm going to go slightly over i'm going to say the nats pull out 92 wins wow. on the season um, i'm going to go 92 they capture first place and they win this division yeah i'm right on point with you i think it's going to be in the low 90s uh, but Everyone, I even said it myself, people keep saying the Phillies are the ones to look out for. And in this situation, I honestly don't think they're the ones to look out for because they haven't proved it in years past. Yes, yet last year was one of the years where they faltered late in the season. But as a whole, looking at this entire division, I think the Braves take a little step back. The Mets, obviously, they're projected way too high, in my opinion. I've mentioned it multiple times. But the Nats 
they just reloaded. They retooled. And, you know, the drop-off from Harper is not going to be that much because last year, me and you talked about it, they had people like Andrew Stevenson and this and that and, like, a bunch of different guys that started in the outfield to the point where it didn't really make any sense. So, overall, I'm thinking that this is going to be, like you said, a 91-92 win season. Hopefully, in all honesty, come down to the final week or so because if it comes down to something of that nature, uh, it's going to be fun to watch out for. And if we had to play in a wild-card game, that's not going to be fun. But overall, it's going to be something to look out for. But again, this is going to be a great season for Nats. Baseball, any last thoughts on our season preview here, Mr. Simpson? No, it's just, again, we're, we're here. It all starts this Thursday. There's going to be some a big kind of opening series. and that's. But then also remember the fact that it is a long, yeah. long season. So obviously there's a lot of excitement here for the first games. Again, everything kicking off this Thursday. And then they've got games Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then the big Philly game starting on Tuesday. But uh, it is a long, long season. A lot of baseball to be played. But we start out with some big division games right off the bat. So uh, it, uh, it's very exciting. It all starts with Scherzer and DeGrom on Thursday. No doubt about it. A marquee matchup here in the D.C. capital of the states. That doesn't make any sense, does it, Ben? I don't think it does. DC capital of the states. Okay. Well, well, DC we'll capital of the time. states. I don't know what. Sure. Whatever you want to say. I don't really care. It's a lot of. We've done a lot of special <laughs> editions today, and uh, we got a lot of March Madness coming up. But again, this is our 2019 Washington Nationals season preview. Definitely check out everything on our social medias. We got dccrossover.com. We got at the DC crossover on Twitter. DC Crossover uh, podcast on Facebook as well, but definitely check out for everything our interview with Jessica Town uh, and also our other special editions with our outfield preview as well. Happy opening week, everybody, because this is going to be a season to remember in our opinion. For Ben Simpson, I am Mike Cerrone saying so long yet again for a special edition of the Washington Nationals 2019 preview right here on the DC Crossover. Let's set fire